This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today's episode is Position of Power. So how many times in your life have you been interacting with an individual and they just felt more powerful than you? You know, maybe they were in control. And of course, we all have the things in our life where you have a boss, you have someone that you work for that you have to answer to. Of course, they're quote unquote in a position of power, like they have the upper hand on you because they control your paycheck. You know, I'm going to, in my life, the most resounding remembrance of this was back when I was much younger. I used to work for a guy named Mike Spence. And Mike was a phenomenal guy, really a, a, a class act, great business, great family man, really a good individual. But Mike had this way about him, this internal power, this presence that, you know, from the firm handshake to this, you know, piercing you through your soul when he was staring at you in the eyes, when he was shaking your hand, that then ultimately eventually trans- transferred into using wealth and affluence to, to unfortunately kind of belittle the stance of what I was in. And up to this point, though, I would still say he's one of the ones that taught me more lessons about life than anybody else. So I don't want to paint this in a, in a bad picture, but here's this man that at that point, gosh, was late 40s, early 50s, balding, successful business, more more money than I'd ever seen before, properties and cars. And I was his, I'll call it lackey. You know, I, I was a lot more than that by the time it shook itself out. But I was essentially the man that, or the kid that took care of his properties and his cars and his boats and his motorcycles. This is a guy that like washed everything, kept everything orderly and tidy. And he didn't want to have to worry about things. More importantly, I can now see in hindsight, he wanted to give me an opportunity and give me a job. He wanted to do something that he was paying back society, you know, for whatever he thought he needed to. He saw something to me that I probably didn't see in myself. So things progress and items progress. I start working for him when I'm 14. Work through him all the way through high school and through, you know, really till I finish up college. And so as I'm working for him, our relationship keeps changing and morphing. It goes from, you know, originally I'm just mowing his yard at his house and then I start taking care of, uh, you know, an old boat he had. Then that turns into taking care of his office and his properties, and it, the responsibility just keeps stacking up on top of each other. But as this happens, he's kind enough to keep giving me raises, but the raises always come with a caveat. It comes with work more, you know, put in more hours, do more things, take on more responsibility, which taught me a valuable lesson. You know, the harder you work, the more stuff you get on the backside. But it eventually turned into, uh, I took the, you know, did the cardinal sin of dating his daughter eventually. I was a senior in high school and ended up dating his daughter. You know, she was a girl that lived across the street and her name was Molly and she was a great girl. You know, everything was fine, but, you know, we started dating and it was this unique dynamic to our relationship at that point where we had, you know, with, with Mike and I, we had the situation where, you know, on the one side, I'm a hard worker. He's someone, so Mike didn't have any sons. He had three daughters and Molly was the youngest. I'm working really hard for this guy. And in some capacity, he's now filling in the role of a father figure. You know, parents got divorced and dad lived far away and grandfather had passed away. It's kind of really more out on my own. And he was that father figure at that point. So there's one side of him that loves and respects who I am. But then there's other side that like, I'm the guy that's dating his daughter. Like that can't be good as a senior in high school. And so it's this back and forth. And in this, we get to the point in our relationship where, you know, I've been enamored with, with sport bikes and Mike had had, if it was five Harleys, it was 10 Harleys. I couldn't even remember the number. But, you know, he was an avid motorcycle rider. So at 15 and a half, I went and got my motorcycle learner's permit. And he's the one that essentially helped me learn to ride. I actually learned to ride on his motorcycles. And it was amazing. But through that, I become enamored with sport bikes, crotch rockets, whatever you want to call them. You know, wheelie machines, the things that, you know, every young man, I think, in, somewhere inside themselves wants to ride and zip around and go fast on. And so I remember taking one of his really big BMW cruising bikes. It was an incredibly cold day. 
uh, from Mansfield, Ohio to Worcester, Ohio, about an hour away on the highway. And of course, he's driving in his car and he puts me on the back of this motorcycle. And it's it's probably 45 degrees. I mean, it's freezing cold out. Like I'm, it's a miserable ride. It's nothing enjoyable, but I, you know, I, I love to ride at that point and I commit to it. So we get there and there's this gorgeous new Suzuki GSXR 600 on the showroom floor. And I'm like, you know, drooling over it. Not in the fact of that I can buy it or that I think I deserve it. Just it's the first time I've seen the bike and it's just everything I want, white rims and the white and blue paint color. Everything's perfect. And so as we're leaving, you know, I'm, we're walking around the showroom as the, his motorcycle is getting ridden up for service and he sees it and he, you know, asks me some questions about it. And we go to leave and he, we step outside and he goes, where are you going? I said, well, going to the car. Like, I'm going to drive home with you. He goes, no, you're not. You got to stay inside. I go, well, why is that? And he ended up buying that motorcycle for himself, but of course it was for me. And so now there's this man that cares enough about me that he's buying a motorcycle for me. And all I can think is like, this is incredible. Like I'm, uh, gosh, a 17 or 18 year old kid at this point getting this brand new Suzuki motorcycle that I can't even begin to fathom or explain how that felt to me. But in that there came all these hoops to jump through. It was, you know, let's say a, a Sunday afternoon and he had a business trip and he needed something taken care of for his business trip. I was laughingly say getting his shoes shined, but I'm sure it was never really that. There were just things. And it would always be, you know, I was on this motorcycle all the time. It might as well have been a part of my soul. It was like part of me. And so what happened is I would want to go do things on a Sunday, but instead he would leverage this bike over my head and say, look, if you don't do X, I'm going to take away Y. If you don't do what I need you to do, you can't ride the motorcycle. So it becomes this exchange no longer is it a gift of a place of purity it's this exchange you know i did this for you so now you have to do that for me and that unfortunately continued on through the rest of our relationship now eventually molly and i break up in in college and you know at that point lord knows i'm not living the right way i'm definitely not living like i am now and i'm not completely honest about dating somebody new and you know she's dating who she's dating and there's just a blow up that happens and so we all part ways you know not close to the family anymore not close to him anymore but there's these lessons that I've been able to take from that time period. Cause you look from 14 until really probably 2021, 20, there was nobody more impactful in my life than this man. I mean, just there was more time and more life experiences I got to share with him or through him than anywhere else. But the most important one is this, this leverage point, this position of power, this, how do you conduct yourself? Or at least how do I want to conduct myself in the vein of what I've seen from other people? And so I now, as I'm evolving as a man myself and have my own family and have my own, you know, levels of, of wealth that I'm slowly accumulating and, you know, guys that I care about, I'm trying to understand and making sure that I focus on how I position myself in power every day. And I now fully realize, especially after last weekend at Wake Up Warrior, Warriors Week, that power doesn't come from money. That power doesn't come from if I buy you a watch, you can only wear the watch if every time I ask you what time it is, you tell me no matter where you're at any day or time. Like, that's not power. And if it is, it's a power that I certainly don't ever want to have myself. It's a methodology of exhibiting power, but to me that actually comes from internal weakness. Like, that's not what a strong man would do. To me, power comes from an internal sense of self-worth, which, again, I'd been lacking. You know, use this physical shell of a body, use it, you know, steroids, anabolics, whatever you want to call them consistently over the past 14 years to build this facade around myself, not because of needing to feel like I'm better than, but it was a defense mechanism because of how insecure and childish I felt on the inside. And so we, 
you know, I progress through this phase and I'm, I'm growing through this and I'm realizing the power comes from me. It comes from the way that I view myself every day. It comes from the habits and the rituals that I put myself through every morning. Like I'm in power and I can choose what sort of power I'm in before I ever leave my house. So it doesn't matter if I'm in a business meeting with someone and they have more wealth than I do. That doesn't make them necessarily more powerful. Sure, in some sort of base level, if someone has more wealth or more money or whatever you'd like to call it, could they buy, you know, could they do enough things with their money to out outposition me? Of course. I mean, that's the way the world works in some capacity. But the true sense of power from inside me, the power of a man, no one can take that away from me. No one can add to that or detract from that. I'm responsible for that solely. So like I can choose when I when my feet hit the ground getting out of bed, I can choose where my power comes from. I can choose what sort of position of power I put myself in. Is today going to be a good day or is today going to be a bad day? Is today going to be a positive or a negative? Like, what am I doing to structure my day so that I don't end up being the guy that's saying, I'm doing X for you, you have to do Y for me. I feel like at this point in life, if I'm walking the right path and I'm doing the right thing for myself and then ultimately for my family, all the other things that are supposed to happen, all the good things that are supposed to happen are going to come and fall in line behind that. They're not a reason to do the right thing for myself. They're not a reason to do the right thing for my family. They're there because I need to do that for me. So as I, I go through, and I've shared it with you guys in other, other episodes, go through my core four, you know, body, being, balance, and business every day. And I'm doing these things and meditating and, and journaling and getting rid of negative emotions and putting myself in a positive mind state. Like I literally spend conscious awake time every morning before the world wakes up, shifting my physiology from this, you know, knees hurt or tired or whatever it is into something more into being a better person into having personal power that runs through me. So I decide like I I leave my house, I walk with my head held high, my chest up. I don't look down at the ground when I walk. These are decisions. These are conscious decisions that I'm making every day. These are things that I have to do to put myself in power. But that doesn't stop when I leave the house. That comes into every phone call. That comes into every commitment that I make. That comes into every actionable item throughout the day. Like this podcast. Admittedly, it's 3.45 on a Friday. That's all the guys in the office look by 4 o'clock. I'd really like you out on a Friday. Normally we work 10 to 6 or 10 to 7, you know, 10 to something. But on a Friday, beat rush hour traffic, go home, spend more time with your family. And I'm sitting here like trying to come up with almost excuses in my head as to why I'm not going to do a podcast today because we've shot enough podcasts before, because I've got a bunch of extra that we can post. No one will ever know. But that's not being in power. Like that's not the way this works. Like I, can't, I don't want to selectively choose when I'm in a position of power. Or if I do want to selectively choose, I have to selectively choose that every day, all day, I'm in a position of power. But that same goes for you. I'm fortunate because I get to work inside of an environment where, I guess, in, in some sort of patriotic hierarchy, I would be the quote-unquote position of power. Started the company, whatever that means. I try not to have anybody in the company feel that way other than the fact of I always tell them if it's raining outside, i got to be the guy that's holding the umbrella to keep all the water off you guys. But I'm probably I'm the first one that's going to get a little bit of wet. Like The position of power is never you know met with an iron fist. Or even a velvet hammer. It's more of just an understanding that we're all pulling in the same direction. But that's now because I'm pulling from the same direction inside my soul. Like I'm choosing every day to be powerful. I'm choosing to be a leader. I'm choosing to make a difference in the way that I live. And living with great intent and focus. Like I'm not just going through the steps anymore. Because I realize I'm in control of all this. I'm in control of 
every part of my life. I'm in control of the behaviors that I demonstrate. I'm in control of what I do to make a difference every day. I mean, I can really, I get to paint the, the picture every day with a super detailed brush. There's no broad, you know, solid white brush strokes on the wall. I'm using a fine, fine pen and I'm, I'm dialing in every detail. You know, as I'm painting the position of power into my future and I'm putting myself in the mindset to, I'll say, attract the abundance that I'm searching for, I have to physically put myself in that position mentally. You know, there's a, a post I shared a couple days ago. I've wanted a Rolls Royce ghost for as long as I can remember. Now, I'm a car guy. Like, I fucking love cars. Like, love them. I don't want a Rolls Royce because you think a Rolls Royce is great or because someone else thinks a Rolls Royce is great or even the status symbol behind it. I want a Rolls Royce because I realize it's a hand-built, handcrafted machine. I want a Rolls Royce because it fits my physical body size. I want a Rolls Royce because of the way the steering wheel feels on my hand. It's smaller. It's thin. It's got a super luxurious feel. This different type of leather that's on the steering wheel. I want it for the way that the leather seats smell and caress your body when you sit into it. See, I used to run a car dealership that sold Rolls Royces new. So I got to experience a bunch of stuff with a Rolls Royce and what it means to be a Rolls Royce. It's not a badge that any car can get. You know, it takes seven months minimum to build a Rolls Royce when it takes less than 17 hours to build a Toyota. They are massively different cars. But in this Rolls Royce that I want to, that I'm going to own, I can paint myself into, just I just painted with you guys, what it feels like to drive this Rolls Royce, what it feels like to have the steering wheel in my hand and, and the rotary knobs in the center console and how they spin back and forth to adjust the heat. They're these little discs. They don't turn like clocks. They're, they slide inside the dashboard. And to see you know, the, the silver arrow, you know, the, the, the silver goddess come up out of the hood when you turn on the car because it, it protects itself so someone can't steal, steal it. Like I can feel all these things. I can see it. I can see the black car with the black seats with the white piping. I know what the leather smells like. I can see the house that it sits in front of. And I put myself in this position of power and gratitude based solely around what that experience is going to be like. Because it's a reality I can paint. And maybe that's too extreme for you as you listen to this. Maybe, maybe that's not your aspiration to own a, a Rolls Royce or, or something like that. Maybe it's just to own your own business. Well, if you don't start putting yourself in a position of power mentally every day to achieve those goals, the likelihood of you achieving them are much, much less. I mean, you think about it, it works for money, homes, cars, how you want your body to look. Like, I want to look like an athlete now. I want a small 30-inch waist and a broad 50-inch chest and 19 or 20-inch arms. Like, I want to look like, I guess in, in its own right, a superhero. And again, but I want that to be a weaponized athletic build, not some bulky, unathletic, can't-move-around physique. But I can paint every intricate detail of what that looks like and then make actionable steps every day to get there. In order for any of this to work, to switch from that Newtonian you know, physics model into more of a quantum physics model of how you can attract what you want in the world, you have to paint it deep. You have to make it your own. You have to dive so deep, it almost feels a little uncomfortable and a little goofy. Like, sure, at some level, I suppose this is law of attraction stuff. This is you know, the stuff that crazy people talk about. But those same crazy people are all the crazy people that have the shit that we all want. You know, We just look at this Newtonian, again, I'll keep referring to it as that physics model that you know, it's time versus space. That's what we all believe. If you want to work, if you want more stuff, you have to work longer, harder than anybody else. And eventually, if you're lucky, you'll get put in the right position to get those things. And don't get me wrong. I'm all about hard work and hours and dedication. But what about the other side of things, which is what mentally goes on for you every day? What are you doing every day to attract the things that you wish you brought into your life? You're just like sitting around praying that it just shows up. Even that, let's talk about prayer for a second. Let's say you're praying to God that you, you know, you have bills to be paid. And you're praying that God just magically provides you enough cash to pay your bills. 
How much has that worked for you? Maybe it's worked a ton. I'd love to hear about it. For me, anytime I've foxhole prayed to God or whatever you believe in, it hasn't really worked out that well for me. When I started shifting my mindset and shifting my focus and shifting my power into the fact of praying more towards the fact that God realizes I have a need and he's already in the process of providing it for me and just that sense of gratitude for that, that if there's a, a universal oneness, if there's a higher being, if there's a God that created us, then he would ultimately know what's going on through some capacity. And if he knows, then it's a master plan and he's already creating a way for us to work through it because every Bible, everything I've ever read says, you know, God wouldn't give you more than you can handle. So in that, if he's not giving you more than a handle, then foxhole praying and praying for some magic solution is never going to get you to where you want to get to. Like That's just not how, to me, this world works. All this wraps up full, full circle to, to get you to think about every day your own position of power. What are you doing as actionable items in your own life to make sure that you're building the greatest body that you can build for yourself, whatever that looks like? Maybe you want to be a marathon runner or a CrossFit athlete. Or maybe you just want to lose 100 pounds because you're going to feel better if your belly doesn't hang over your belt anymore. And that's your goal of fitness. Then you got to paint that picture. you got to be in power in that part of your life. Same thing when it comes to the, the actionable items for your, your relationship. If you want to make sure that you're in power in your relationship, it's not power in the fact of that you're the guy that's out making all the money. So your wife has to do whatever the hell you ask her to do. That's not power. That's dictatorship. That's not how this is supposed to be. The power that you're seeking is going to come from a mutual understanding, come from this level playing field of mutual respect and admiration. But in order to get that, you have to pour into it and put yourself in a position to receive it as well. So are you doing those things? And what about in business? What are you doing in your business life? Maybe again, you work for somebody else and you always want to go out on your own or you want that promotion or you want something more. What sort of positions of power are you putting yourself in that aren't manipulative? that are truly showing those that matter inside that environment that you're worthy of the next level of, of responsibility. Not because you've been there on, in the Newtonian time versus, versus energy. Like, that doesn't matter. You could work in the same position for 50 years and then retire and then die and never get a promotion because you didn't allow yourself to get in the mindset of being able to receive the promotion. So because all these things are just actionable items I found for me really make a difference. Every day I'm able to put one foot in front of the other, leading towards a bigger ultimate outcome. And those ultimate outcomes remind me that every day I just have to get shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L.com.